Chris Chow's. Welcome back to the show, man. Uh, we got a good crew here tonight. It's me. It's Chris. It's Jake. Jake's back uh, from the desert, man. Did your your balls like shrivel up and fall dude, off by now or what? Dude, 100%. I don't care what anybody says. Arizona, specifically Phoenix, Arizona, should be reclassified as the devil's taint because it is hotter than Africa there. They're just now, like, it's dry though, right? So it's not, it's not humid. But like, just picture yourself in your kitchen and you're cooking something in the oven. And you preheat it to 400 and then you open the door and that blast of heat, like that's what it feels like all day, every day. At one time, I was trying to record a video at 930 p.m. outside on the back patio and it was 97 degrees still. <laughs> I was sweating illegal. through my hats. Like, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, this is I, I'm sweating. Perf- I look like fat bastard out here just trying to record a video. I'm like, it's not going to work. That's like turning now, your oven on and preheating, then diving in rather yeah, than just yeah, getting dude. <laughs> All right. So that that analogy doesn't make sense to me because now you guys are just you guys know that I don't cook. So I don't know what it feels like. To yeah, open you have no oven. idea what it's like to open an oven. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure it's not fun. I'm no, sure it's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. He's like, is that the same as a microwave or is that different? Yeah. Or, no. Is, no. Is that like opening up the door when the delivery guy comes by? Or <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. It's not like so at much. Hooters when that hot chick walks by. That's the heat that you get, man. That's that's the except it's not as enjoyable yeah <laughs> nowhere least, near as enjoyable yeah at least one of them's good stuff yeah i mean can you imagine it being almost 10 o'clock at night still 95 plus degrees outside mm-hmm. i mean that's why everyone in arizona and also my family that lives in texas they just live in air conditioning mm-hmm. all year long dude i mean it was we had to lower the in-laws thermostat i'll tell you that because people out there they're to them 75 is is nice cool. and cool because they're used oh, to sure. 100 degrees Yep. I get in 75. I'm like, dude, we got to crank this thing down to 69. You know what I mean? We got to get it down in the 60s up in here. 69. That's right. I mean, we don't have to go any lower than that, but we got to get at least 69. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Welcome back. But I mean, you know, we got a happy trails because it's the man himself, Mr. Ryan Fitzmagic. He announced his retirement after what was what? 17 <laughs> glorious seasons with what? All 32 teams, apparently. But I mean, he finishes off his career. Three uh, thirty-four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine or ninety yards, two hundred and twenty-three TDs, and one hundred sixty-nine interceptions. There's nice. a lo- lovely sixty-nine. But the best hamburger meat in the NFL, man, he is done. He is gone. There is no more, Mister Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I mean, Coach Chouse, go ahead. I have to ask you this um, yes. before we get into the you know the the, the numbers and whatnot. I'm going to ask you this. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick a first ballot Hall of Famer, Chouse? He's not. He <laughs> better not say no. He <laughs> better not say yes. Hell no, Ryan <laughs> okay. Fitzpatrick is not. But you know what he's a Hall of Famer for? For loving us Buffalo Bills. Here he, here he is, and I quote, I don't know that I've ever felt more at home at in a stadium or with a fan base than I was in Buffalo. Those are my people. Yeah, that's because End he quote. didn't spend more than three years with another team. So Stop he had it, as long man. as tenure Stop with it. the Bills. Stop it right now, man. Give the man some credit where it's due because he is the man. He's the golden boy. He's exciting to watch. Like when he was with Tampa Bay every once in a while and you'd see the beard coming out from the chin strap and he was just like, he was Ric Flair wooing all up and down the field. Like, to me, that was super fun to watch. And, like, that's what I remember about Ryan Fitzmagic towards the end of his career. Did I really care too much about him in Buffalo or with the Jet? No, not really. Like, I didn't pay that much of attention to him. 
But once he went to Tampa, things just changed, and he immediately became like a fan favorite, somebody who I wanted to watch, you know, every single week, watch the highlights of. So I will miss him, but I have a feeling we're going to see a little bit more of him here in the near future. Someone needs to get a camera on Fitzmagic a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember his early days with, you know, St. Louis and Cincinnati. And even like the one year deals he had with like Tennessee and Houston, but the bills and the jets, like that was my first introduction to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who you can call him Ryan Fitz magic. There were a lot of other times where he was Ryan Fitz tragic, especially with that one year in the bills, when he threw like 25 interceptions (laughs) easy, but damn it. But I, but it, but I'm absolutely there with Jake though. The time, the two years he spent with, with Tampa Bay, Mm. I mean, he was just chucking it down the field. It was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to throw it as far as I can. And Mike Evans is happens. down there somewhere. Damn it. Somewhere. And I'm going to, and I'm going to find that man. Cause he is six foot five and I'm going to make sure something happens. But See, that was, that was him. And even, even in Miami, like he yeah. made exciting things happen. Yes. It was a detriment to, to his, you know, rookie season, but still it was, it was fun to watch because he was that lovable guy. He wasn't a player that you hated because he wasn't someone that was going to, you know, Pretty much, he wasn't going to take over the starting job from a franchise quarterback for the most part, but he was that guy that would come in, fill in for a little bit, and provide some theatrics, provide a little bit of flair here and there, you know, and it was more enjoyable to watch the game with him in it. And we knew in Buffalo he wasn't going to be the franchise guy, even as much as they tried to be like, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the franchise. He was the the fill-in. I mean, he was... No, that was J.P. Losman's job. That's right. I loved me some J.P. Losman. Good Lord, have I suffered... But you see, man, I mean, Fitzmagic, it was it was good times with Stevie Johnson, with uh, Fred Jackson. I mean, those are good days, man. I mean, we did try. I mean, we were basically a 500 club for the most part. But I mean, there was excitement on the field. But yeah, when he went to Tampa Bay, what it was that one game where he took over and it was like five touchdowns, like 450 yards or whatever it was. And he became an instant sensation. Speaking of Stevie Johnson, how underrated was Stevie Johnson? That's a name Stevie. I haven't heard in a long time. He is time. so underrated that a lot of people probably listening to this have no idea who the hell he is. And nope. wash your damn mouth out for saying that. If you I know who, who he, is. he is. I know. I'm just saying. But I'm, if, but if you don't. Yeah. But he's so underrated that I don't so think underrated. people even. I mean, that's a, you said that name and I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, I remember him. He was right? good. You know, Why I mean, like, so serious. I mean, Stevie Johnson was like. Stefan Diggs before Stefan Diggs. Like, that's kind of how I looked at him. He was just somebody who could just do a little bit of everything, right? And he just did it so quietly that you just mm. never heard about it. Like, we talked about, heck, it's probably been months now. I think it was you and me, I was talking about how quiet of a season Stefan Diggs just had. It makes you think like he just had 800 yards receiving or right. something because nobody talks about him. It's like he's just like, oh, he had a bad year, but he really didn't. Maybe it's a Buffalo thing. Maybe you just go to Buffalo and just get forgotten about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like this. I don't like where this conversation is Other going. than Josh Allen, everybody else just gets forgotten about. No, Buffalo is where people go to play a half of football and then retire. <laughs> no, man, that's that's when you're off the team completely <laughs> freaking Vontae Davis. Get the <laughs> hell out of here. But no, it's true, man. Stevie was Stevie was for real. He was what the first Bills yeah. player in, in uh, Bills history, I think, uh, to have consecutive 1000 yard seasons outside of, uh, I believe, Eric Moulds. I was going to say Eric Moulds would have been my next best. Yeah, it's because yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Even Andre Reid, man, he he never had back to back 1000 yards because I mean, even though the K-Gun offense was there, I mean, it was just the way that they spread the ball around a Thurman and threw the ball to Thurman. It never was. Stevie was the best part of Stevie's game was that release in the route run off the line. Like it was just ridiculous how many times he cooked Darrell Revis and everyone's like no that can't happen and he did it run the regular man like no respect for Steve oh his his footwork off the line was insane 
but a lot of people have no idea who he is. That's true. Go Google it. You'll Google, see. Give it a Google. Yep. Go give on YouTube Google. and watch some Stevie Johnson highlights. It's worth it. Yeah. Well, is specifically say uh, Stevie Johnson versus Darrell Revis, and you'll smile, especially for Bills. You know what's crazy is it feels like he's been out of football forever, doesn't it? Yep. How old oh, yeah. do you think he is? He's not that old. He's 37. I would say, what, 39, 40? He's 35. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't he's younger played. than us. Dude, he hasn't played <laughs> since 2015. It's crazy. And he's that's, younger. Holy and I think crap, he was what, a fifth? He was a fifth round pick or something like that. Uh, that I don't know. OK, well, I think I just have a season long stats pulled up and he had four years in there of greatness. And then that it was, was it. it was bookended by two years of nothingness on the front and the back. That's right. That sounds like Stevie. Well, that makes me feel really old, dude. He doesn't he? He, he? he took PEDs in those seasons. That's why. Yeah. Why was was he hanging out with Brian Cushing? He must have been. Probably Will Fuller too. The Will Fuller wasn't around. What happened to Will Fuller? I don't know. He's is still he just like done with now? Like, do no? Does nobody care anymore? I think he's on PEDs still. He's trying to get it out of his body. Is he? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's like a, that's like an easy out. I mean, you can always just blame him for PEDs or that's he's right. hurt, and like everybody's gonna be like, oh, okay. I get it. He's self no, the reason at home. He was not he was on the PEDs this past season so that he wouldn't get hurt because he actually was healthy. Right. And he probably put, probably could have played the rest of the season because of those PEDs. But then the guy got suspended. So he's like, well, I'm off PED. So now I'm going to play like three games and then just go right to IR. Yeah, basically. I think that's why everyone, nobody wants to sign him, man. He's speed and goodness with PEDs and nothing else after the fact. But Speaking of uh, cyborg-esque individuals, there was a big day uh, in the Rams organization, and I mean, mm. some good, some bad, but I mean, we'll start off with Aaron Donald, man, and his massive contract extension, three or $95 million, roughly $40 million raise over the three years. Like, good Lord almighty. I mean, I'm over here struggling to eat, man. I'm over here trying to get, you know, like a cup in my hand in front of the store. And you got Aaron Donald signing up with Kanye West and Dunda, you know, freaking sports to get his massive bag of tricks. And I'm sitting here like, come on, really? $95 million over three years. I don't even know what that is, man. What's crazy about that is you're going to talk about another person here in a second. Is the salary cap done with? Like, is there a salary cap? I mean, let's be completely It might honest. as well be Major League Baseball. It, yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't feel like there's a salary cap anymore. The way that they can structure things, the amount of money that the Rams have and continue to spend is absolutely mind-blowing. To, to look at the Aaron Donald deal, and that's arguably a similar deal was done the exact same week. I mean, two in one week, that is nuts when you still have the amount of talent they still have on their roster. I mean, I like to see it. I mean, it's fun to watch and stuff, but man, it's really starting to feel like the salary cap is just like, it's just a thing in the past. It's just a talking point, but I don't think it really matters anymore. I think what they're doing is kind of similar to what the Patriots did. Not this, this uh, off season. Cause they did absolutely just Jack nothing, but the previous off season, when they signed all those big contracts for all those tight know, ends, yeah, all those tight ends and all those wide receiver fours that they brought on. Yeah. Yeah. What they did was they just signed them to super cheap deals the first year and then just backloaded everything so that, you know, for the the on these four year contracts, year three and four, there's owed a ton of money. And I think that's how the Rams were able to make it work with Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald was just, you know, give them a smaller amount the first year, second year, maybe. And then just all of that money towards the last couple of years. Yeah, because his base salary right now I'm looking at is $1.5 million. So <laughs> yeah, it's that's how you can do it, man. You backload it, you uh, backload the contract. Bonuses. I mean, 
like right now his dead cap 73 million so you can tell oh, it's, all, it's it's all in bonus money so yeah. that's that's how you're that's how you're getting around the salary cap right now is is heavy signing bonuses and then back end the deal so i mean is there a salary cap? Yes. Have they gotten extremely efficient at uh, manipulating the salary cap? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I don't even know how the hell you can sign that. Did they sign Cooper Cup? Did I miss something? What was his deal? Uh, yeah. Cooper Cup just got ridiculous. Yeah, got was that it three years, 75, news. three years, 80? Let me look it up here. I don't remember which one. No, it was, it was four four years, 110. It was like a $20 million deal per year. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Three-year extension that ties the for five years, next five years, $110 million. Yep. Yeah. Crazy, man. Highest, one of the highest paid wide receivers. And well-deserved. Which is well-deserved. Well sure. Well Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but when damn, you're putting up Calvin Arizona Johnson numbers. Two days ago. <laughs> Can you imagine just signing checks like that back to back, you know, in in a week? Just imagine how many zeros have been involved in the Rams front office. It is crazy, crazy money they're throwing out there. I got to make friends with Stan Conkey, man. I mean, seriously, how do we get in touch with this individual? Dude, I I'll be a tackling dummy in practice at this point. Like, I just I just want to check from him. I don't know. I just want to know what it feels like. He's got to. they must I'll be, be making I'll pretty be good his money. chair. I'll be his chair for God's sakes. I'll okay, like yeah. sit up against the wall and just Listen, be his chair. For I, I ain't about to have his balls rest on me. Okay. Like <laughs> I got to draw the line somewhere. Hey baby, free money's free money, man. So this, this uh, I'm looking <sighs> at the, the Rams like actual like cap space that they have remaining. This is before the Cooper cup deal Yeah. before they st- made that extension. They had about $10 million in cap space left. So mm-hmm. you've got to think that he's not, you know, he's probably getting maybe like five, 6 million you know, for, or whatever his base salary is this year and the next year going forward, they're going to be strapped for cash for a while. And with no draft picks, I mean, it's, it's really boom or bust for them. They're going for the other Super Bowl again. Let's see if I can pull up Cooper cups contract here. You guys talking, they have a, they have a bunch of guys though, that just want to win. Sure. They're making a lot of money, but I don't see very many divas on this team to the point to where, I can't see it in the future of people starting to take pay cuts to keep teams together. Like it seems like overall they've built a, a squad that wants to continue to just do this over and over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we're going to see is we're going to see people that are going to be willing to take less money because they know it's a team that's going to be able to win. Yep. They're going to be able to compete. So they're going to be like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a hometown discount just so I can come here yep. and and play and have a chance for a ring. And I'm looking at their free agency list for next season at the end of next year. There's no one that I can think of looking at this list where I'm like, you know what? I absolutely have to resign this guy. Uh, Daryl Henderson might be the most popular name on this list. So there's no one that they, that they really need to bring back after this season. So the fact that they don't have a ton of cap space, isn't the worst thing in the world. The draft picks. Yeah. That's going to be an issue, but I mean, if you keep reloading, you keep bringing back the band like Tampa Bay's been doing, then this is a team that can compete for a championship for the next two to three seasons. That's a good thing right there, too. Let me get both your opinions on this, because Chris just mentioned Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. So we know Brady retired, unretired. He's back for who knows how long, whatever is going to happen, then he's going in the booth. Does L.A. and Matthew Stafford become the new age Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And pretty soon we're going to see everybody going to LA just to stay there with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay until Stafford has ended his career. Like I could totally see that happening. Like I would kind of transitioning from Tom Brady and the Bucks to LA and Stafford. Well, with, a lot, with the limited competition you have in the NFC, exactly. I mean, 
you're, you're just you're basically punching your ticket to the NFC Championship every single year. So I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Because if you're if you're a veteran, you know you've made your money early in yep. your career. You're still chasing that ring. You're absolutely. I mean, it's like it's like a team in the NBA. You know, back in the day when they had the big three with LeBron and D Wade and Bosh, like random free agents were just signing with Miami. Like now with Golden State, same exact thing. Yep. So I think teams are you know looking at the Rams and they're like, crap. You know, Brady has. You know, Brady probably has another ten years left. But regardless, oh. you're looking at you're looking at the Rams, Scott, and you're like, Scott yeah, and Brady. This is the team who's going to be competing for a Super Bowl for the next five years. So let's jump on that bandwagon. Let's just sign a super cheap deal so I can try to get a ring. Yep. Yeah, and this Cooper Cup deal is interesting because I mean, it was the his his money this year. The base salary was almost fifteen mil. It's fourteen point eight million dollars. So by them doing the contract extension, actually uh, gives them a lot of wiggle room on the on the cap. So he, that number is probably going to drop to around six yeah. or seven. So, I mean, this they're manipulating the cap extremely well. And, and I mean, yeah, okay, fine. You're signing, what, $200 million over the last two days. <laughs> but, hey, it brings you championships. That puts it's, all, it's only money. It's, yeah. only, it's only money. Yeah. You can print it. Sure. <laughs> I print some in my, in my basement. We're good. Dude, yeah. you've, you've never shared with us. I, I've never been caught yet, so I'm <laughs> keeping it quiet. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. But I mean, Daryl Henderson, speaking of the devil, I mean, he's dealing with a soft tissue injury. I don't know if that's really anything to, you know, discuss. that's just I his mean, pride. It's yeah, basically. I mean, it is what it is. But soft tissue injuries are never good. We know this. And rookie Kyron Williams broke his foot, man. So, I mean, everything is Saw looking that. up for Cam Akers. Damn it, Kyron, man. I was hoping that, you know what, he's going to be one of these dark horses that's going to steal Henderson's job and, and, you know, become the Austin Eckler in L.A., man. That's what I'm thinking of, Kyron. High praise, I know, but I think that's what he's going to be. Let's go Jake Funk. Boo. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm Jake still Funk. I'm still no, that's awesome. Way to drop a Jake Funk reference. Yeah. I I'm just I just can't get on board with Cam Akers yet. I still can't. Like it has nothing to do with Cam Akers, has nothing to do with his his opportunity. I just still to this day, I haven't seen Cam Akers since the Super Bowl. Like, I haven't seen anything. How is he progressing? What does he look like? How far along is he? How much has he improved? Like, there's like nothing on Cam Akers. And it's just like, all right, until I start to see that, like, I'm going to be a little bit worried. Full disclosure, I started watching Travis Etienne tape yesterday. Ooh, and I already it know up. how preach you it up. I already know how you feel. And I put him in today's video oh, and baby. I talk about going six to midnight. Oh, but baby. the reason for me, getting more excited about Travis Etienne is I started to see video of Travis Etienne and what he's doing right now. Not like, Oh, this is what he's doing. It's just hearsay. Like you actually start to see him on the field. You see him lining up in the slot. You see the chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. You can see these other things happening and it. It really makes a difference when we're coming to a conclusion on an analysis for a player. Cause like Cam Akers is a great talent. I love Cam Akers. I love him being in LA, but sure. until I want to see him healthy, I just can't get excited. I mean, a lot of people want to say, oh, look what he did when he came back. Dude wasn't very good when he came back. The only reason he put up any type of fantasy numbers is because he was getting 20-plus touches, which is great. That's cool. But if he needs 20-plus touches this year because his efficiency dropped so much, I don't know if I want to have to rely on that every single week. If he's not what he used to be, I, I have to be a little bit more cautious personally. I hope he's 100%. It would be a great story, but I, I haven't seen it yet. And, I, and until I see it, I, I can't hop on that bandwagon. Yeah. What, what concerns me is that when all this, you know, Cam Akers return hype started was when he was, you know, rehabbing from that Achilles injury. 
and people are like, oh my gosh, like he's, you know, he's not human. He's doing this and he's doing that. And everyone's getting excited, myself included. And after the Super Bowl, all those videos kind of stopped. So it's, mm -hmm. it makes me think, is he actually, you know, continuing to recover as quickly and as well as he did before? Or is he just not sh completely shutting down those kind of videos right now because he doesn't, his camp doesn't want that hype to kind of get out. And it's almost like they're kind of keeping it a little bit of a secret. So there, I think there are two sides of it there. I right there with you, Jake love Cam Akers as a talent. I love his opportunities this year, but I need to be able to see where he is at in his recovery because it's already early June and the season is just a few months away. So where he is most likely going to be leaned on to be that lead back and that, you know, kind of that bell cow with, you know, Henderson banged up, Williams banged up, who's going to really be able to be there. So I need to see some sort of proof that acres is starting to progress and can at least, obviously he's not going to be the same player that he was before because of the kind of injury he had, but at least show us that he's going to be able to come back 80%. You know, what scares me half to death is the fact that we're saying he looked good only because he got extensive volume. That does not bode well for a guy who just is coming off an Achilles injury with no spell back really yep. in sight at this point. And right. that is fucking terrifying beyond measure, especially when you're talking about where his ADP sits and the draft capital you're going to have to spend to get him. I'm with you guys. I think Cam Akers is a good talent, but I mean, uh, as much as as much as the Rams are, are looking to go ahead, I mean, this run game could be something that isn't top end like we're thinking. And 20 plus touches a week, man, you're talking re-injury all over the all over the place for Cam. And oh my God, it's it's scary stuff. Now his price isn't expensive. I mean, there's that's kind of baked into it a little bit. What What's I mean, he, round round five, round six. Um, let me look here. No, uh, what it end of three, the end of the end of third, yeah, end of the See, third that's right too now. that's too high for that's me. too high for me. Like, oh, I'm I agree, one hundred percent. I'm not willing to take that risk. Now he nope. falls to the fifth. Okay, then sure. all of a sudden I'm on. But in the third if round, your, if he's if he's your RB three, sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. if that, if you're in the third round and you're taking your third straight running back, then I don't mind it. Yep. Or if he or or if you're in the like you said, if he drops to the fifth round, oh, and then he's your RB three. Uh, absolutely, I'm yeah. okay with it. But you you look down that list a little bit further, and there's guys that are in that area, even of the fifth or sixth round, that I still like a little bit more. Like, I like Josh Jacobs mm -hmm. as my as my running back three. Mm -hmm. I like Travis Elijah Etienne. Mitchell and Travis Etienne. Exactly. Those guys I like as my number three, too. So it's not like I'm just like, oh, well, Cam Akers is the only guy in that area. Like, there's other guys that are competing for the same spot that he's that we would take him at. So it's just not... It's not ideal for Cam Akers, but he has a ton, a ton of support everywhere. Every single time I talk about Cam Akers, people think I'm crazy for not loving Cam Akers. And all they're all they're doing is they're being blinded by the box scores and they're seeing production, but they're ignoring the inefficiencies. And that's a problem. It's yeah. a big problem. And it's going to continue to be a problem unless, you know, magically that Achilles is made of, uh, you know, silver and gold and he's fine. But silver and gold. Isn't that like a holiday song? Yeah, exactly. It is. That is that song is from the claymation version of Rudolph the Red, With the Red Nose Reindeer. Reindeer. That is there exactly is. right. God, that's how uh, me and two me and points Ram, for you. Yeah, we're old. We got old balls. We know exactly what we're doing. <laughs> you know. It's one of that my was, favorite Christmas movies. That yeah. was the good Rudolph, man. That was the good one. Yeah, it had the it had the the um, the elf who wanted to be a dentist. That's right, and he was shunned by society, like how <laughs> a lot of people like how a lot of people are shunned these days. Like how Cam Akers is going to be in fantasy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say how Cam Newton is, <laughs> but hey, that's for he's another. already been shunned. Yes, he has. Yeah.
Moving on, man. Zach Wilson. I mean, okay, we're in the OTAs and we're going to be starting mandatory mini camps right away here. And I mean, some teams already have. Zach Wilson, though, the the news out. I mean, he was he was doing okay early on, and the news reports out right now is he's been struggling early on in OTAs with accuracy, not picks, but big heavy misses. And you know me, I'm a big Zach Wilson supporter. I think that he's got a lot of good traits. Uh, you know, now they rounded at you. I've been preaching how many times the New York Jets. I almost should be a closet Jets fan at this point, but. They are good on paper, and and the missing piece right now is Zach Wilson. But again, then I read the other report saying that the coaching staff and the offensive coordinator, LaFleur, they're pushing for greater progression quicker, and this is this is the problem, man. I get it. You want the next Josh Allen. You want the next Patrick Mahomes. Let this man develop. Give him some patience, man. Let him make his mistakes, round out his techniques and abilities, and then you'll see what he can do on the field. Are the Jets going to fuck this guy up? Because I have a feeling that this is where this is kind of going because the Jets never learn. The Jets no. are going to jet is what they're going to do. Like they're going to rush this along. They're going to get impatient with him because they want him to progress faster than he's able to. Um, I mean, the kid is what? 21 years old, 22, maybe at the most, like let him develop. He's going to be dealing with a new cast of players this season. You know, just like he did last year in his rookie year, where he did start to progress towards the end of his season where he dealt with injury. So just give the guy a full season, you know, and if he isn't working out after another you know, season or two, yeah, sure. Tear him apart like we do with, with Daniel Jones. But I think Zach Wilson is a different type of player. I do think that he can get the Jets to where they want to go, but it's going to take time and you can't rush him because it's going to put too much pressure on him in a market that's going to put pressure on him on top of that. So it's just setting him up for failure. Remember last year when we were talking about how Jamar Chase couldn't catch a football because it didn't have white stripes on it from college? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. Yeah. A, I, there is nothing that I am overly worried about. Am I going to say that Zach Wilson's a top 10 guy? No, of course not. But I've seen more potential and positive growth in Zach Wilson that I could really care less about these types of, you know, reports or things that are coming out. I remember... And, and I hope I'm, I hope I, this is like a, a big brain elephant moment here. Like an elephant never forgets. I'm almost positive. It was last off season. They interviewed Zach Wilson about inaccuracies in camp. And he said in camp is the time to try different things to see what works and see what doesn't. If it yep. doesn't work, I'd rather it not work here than right. in the regular season. That's what I go back to is he's trying to see what he can get away with and what he can't get away with. He's got a, I'm going to use a big word here, plethora of weapons Ooh. at his disposal now with Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, I guess you can say Corey Davis. He's got a couple of good tight ends now, Brees Hall, Michael Carter. I I'm not overly worried about Zach Wilson. I think that he has an opportunity to have a huge bounce back type of year. Is it going to be where a lot of people probably think he should be? No, but I'm just looking for improvement year over year over year. That's it. Is the guy going to be Josh Allen in year two? Probably not, but He's still on the Jets. Give him a little bit of time. He's he, I'm I'm still saying he's better than Trevor Lawrence. Ooh, I've mama. said it since the, I've said it from the beginning. I know you have. And I'm going to continue to say it. He's better than Trevor Lawrence's. If I had to start a franchise with either Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson today, I'm taking Zach Wilson. Well, it's funny because Zach Wilson graded higher on my scouting reports than Trevor Lawrence did when we did theirs coming out of college. But I mean, I, I get it. And I mean, Patrick Mahomes, the same shit. Remember when Mahomes threw like those five picks yep. in OTAs and, and uh, you know, mandatory camp? 
it is what it is. They're trying to fit it in the tightest of windows. They're trying to, you know, make the the highlight reel throw just to see how far off they are and and to see where they're working. But I mean, I do like this Jets team. I'm a LaFleur fan. I'm a Robert Salah fan. I think that they have all the good pieces in place. I mean, we're talking about them almost every week now, it, it seems like. But I mean, when you're when you're putting out reports, and I don't understand why why the beat writers from the Jets are putting this out. Like, what what, what kind of negative uh, aura are you trying to put on this this team and this young quarterback already? I just I don't understand why they do that in New York. It's it's one of the worst media bases for a, for a franchise, and and I really hope that Zach has enough you know kahunas and thick skin to get through it. That I mean they. Yep. They did it in Boston all the time, too. I mean, beat writers don't necessarily have to always just write positive things about their team. They write things that are going to get views and clicks. And it's it's just like dealing with Twitter fantasy football for the most part. I remember years ago when the Boston Red Sox were making their, their run in 2004. And there was a reporter for the Boston Globe, Dan O'Shaughnessy, who just bashed the Red Sox all season long. And he was one of their, their main writers. And so the fact that they're doing it in New York is not a surprise whatsoever. I will say, though, if the Jets are going to set up Zach Wilson for success, getting the talent around him is one thing, but getting an offensive line that can help protect him, it's got to be their main priority because they have the right side of that line figured out, but mm-hmm. that left side is still a little bit questionable, and that's the side that you need to shore up for your franchise quarterback. And, and when you look at, you know, it's recency bias, even if you're looking at it by a day-by-day basis, right? So you're hearing these reports come out. As you two were just talking, I'm literally sitting here on my other monitor watching highlights from the Jets training camp today. Mm-hmm. The very first highlight I get to is a play action to the right. Pocket breaks down. Wilson steps up, avoids the pressure, throws off one foot for about, guessing, 35, 40 yards through the air to Elijah Moore, who then makes a move, makes the defender miss and takes it all the way to the house. Like, that's what you get from Zach Wilson. He isn't just going to be Peyton Manning where he drops back in the pocket and delivers the ball. He needs to be able to move around and make things happen. That's what makes him special. That's what he does really good. And then you can also look at other things like there's no other quarterback that had more percentage of their passes dropped by the receivers last year than Zach Wilson. So I mean, mm-hmm. his receivers weren't doing him any justice last year either. So when you start to put the pieces together, things are just aligning to where Zach Wilson may in the media's eye, not be that great, or they're always going to bash him for things. But when you actually break down the film and look at the kid, he's actually not doing as bad as a lot of people make it seem to believe. And when you set up that run attack this year, so if Brees Hall and Michael Carter can actually make a form formidable tandem, the play action pass from Zach Wilson is going to be highlight money. And, and I have no doubt about that because I mean, he did it. He did it at uh, what BYU, how many times that arm strength was just fine off the play action pass. So, I mean, I get it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see him play. I'm excited, but let's switch gears to your Patriots. Chris, I'll give you some Patriot love today, man. Even though there's not a lot of it because we just saw Matt Patricia is going to be calling you offensive plays this year for some reason, because you guys are strange, but Hey man, Ramondre all, that Stevenson. is, that is, that has not been completely confirmed or determined. He is the front runner apparently. Cause you guys just don't oh, want to win he, this year. He needs so. to be the back runner. Yeah. You guys are the back runner. <laughs> but Have I you mean, seen him lately? It doesn't look like he does, does much of any type of running. No, he does oh, not. No, he's, he's, no. A, he's a, he's a statue type of dude, but I mean, my guy Ramondre Stevenson has been working on his route running and third down back ap- abilities. And what did I say to everybody, man, going out of last year's uh, when they, when uh, Ramondre was the sleeper of all sleepers? I told you all this man could catch. Everyone said, no, he's too big. He can't catch. He's clunker. 
Hell no, man. He's got light feet for a big man, and he's got hands for days, and he's going to take this James White role, Chris. Now you're going to have yourself a little Harris and uh, Ramondre at the same time. I couldn't be more happy for you because now everything's coming to fruition for how I predicted it. Yes. Um, you did call. You did. You were 100% right. You called Ramondre Stevenson, and I was not a Stevenson. I wasn't on the bandwagon. I'm, a, I'm victory lapping. I apologize. You, I'm, I'm you victory absolutely are. And I feel like this is going on like months now, this whole victory lap. A couple years, it's going to keep going. Yes. <laughs> James Way is back. He's getting up there in age. I mean, he's coming off of, you know, his season ender injury that he had last year. So, yes, James White is not going to be involved as much as he as he was in the past. I do think that having Stevenson come in is a great idea because you have to find a way to get him on the field because when Damian Harris was injured, Stevenson was the guy. He was being productive. He was being efficient with his touches. And then when Harris came back, it was almost like a 1A, 1B, you know, that one-two punch between the two. So I do think they need to find a way to get Stevenson more touches. And if it means that he takes over more of a James White role, I'm absolutely okay with that because... Matt Jones is not someone that's really pushing the ball down the field a lot. You know, he's not someone that's going to get you 250 plus yards a game and three touchdowns. It's going to be a little dink and dunk. You know, he's going to be utilizing Hunter Henry, Jacoby Myers. Yes, he has Devontae Parker now, but he's going to be someone that's going to be making the safe throws because, well, last time that we saw him make a really, really deep throw towards the end zone, we all know what happened against Mika Hyde, baby. Yeah. So I I love it. I do think that, you know, with Damian Harris being that, you know, early down back and then bringing in Stevenson to be that change of pace receiving back. I think that's an absolutely great idea. As long as Matt Patricia is the one that's not calling the plays and he's that pencil is just staying behind his ear on the defensive side of the ball. I, I love some Ramondre Stevenson, especially where you can get him later in drafts, because even if something happens to Damian Harris, which we've seen happen before, even though he's working on his pass catching pass catching skills, He's a guy that can play all three downs and in the offense, it's going to run as much as they are. I'm totally cool with that. Am I totally buying into the fact that he's absorbing like this James white, James white type role. I think it's maybe a little blown out of proportion. Cause like you sure. said, he's been able to catch before. Like, why are we, I, I'm, I'm not buying the fact that he's all of a sudden, Oh my gosh, he's learned how to catch a football and he's going to be this great player. Like, I think he already had it. I think he's just getting an opportunity to show it a little bit more mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. And it makes it interesting. Damian Harris, he's in the last year of his contract, I believe. So he's going to be a contract year guy. More than likely, New England not going to extend for any amount of sizable money to a running back. So what does the future look like? As of right now, it's Ramondre Stevenson. They also drafted what was a pure strong they just took. So, I mean, there's other there's other options, but we know that New England's going to use multiple backs every single year. It's what they always do. James White probably on the way out, uh, you know, at the tail end of his career. Ramondre Stevenson is somebody who I think could be huge value where you can get him because he's still probably going to get like 12 touches a week regardless. And then if anything were to happen to Damian Harris, now all of a sudden he's flirting with 18 to 20 a week and the goal line work and the pass catching work. Then all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more enticing. As big of a back as he is, man. And then, you know, the fact that he's almost going to be automatic on that goal line. Oh, baby. Like my juices are just dripping because every yeah, I know I said it. I said it right because it's making me that happy. But speaking of not dripping, they're dripping. They're dripping. (laughs) Speaking of not dripping, get that checked out. I know, man. I have an appointment with a doctor tomorrow. We're going to get that looked at. But I mean, Uncle Lenny needs to get looked at because he comes into camp here a little heavy and he struggled in the heat. I mean, 
Lenny, why you doing this, man? Uncle Lenny, he was playoff. Lenny wins like the Super Bowl. You know, he's all bragging about how good he is. And now you, you, you're gaining the weight again, man. You're eating happy meals every day. And, and now you can't even run in the hot Tampa weather. So what the hell is going on with Uncle Lenny? Are we still are we concerned? Is he going to get back into shape? Is that what he's doing here? Because, I mean, he's supposed to be pegged for a monster year. And this is not a good sign. I I, I mean, I'm looking at the pictures. He doesn't look it. I he know. doesn't look that bad. I mean, this is coming no. from a, a guy who could also lose weight. But, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going into the summer months here of June, July, August, where these guys are going to be working out a lot. And it's not going to be any issue for these guys to get, to get. It's like the whole Najee Harris thing, right? Yep. Everybody talking about how Najee's gained this weight. And he's like, man, I'm two pounds heavier. Like, back off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not worried about it. These guys could lose six pounds taking a dump you know what i mean so like i'm not overly worried about what they look like right now they go out there they sweat a little bit they get back in shape they get back in the in the workout room and i mean give the guys a little bit of a break right i mean especially somebody like leonard fournette we don't want him running a whole lot in the offseason because we don't know if his ankle can hold up to it so we need we need uncle lenny to take a few months off if that means he's got to work harder to come back that is what it is but i i'm not overly worried about this is Leonard Fournette a top 10 fantasy running back this year? No. He, I think you want to say yes. It's so <laughs> close for me. It's close. I mean, who's really going to steal touches from him this year? I mean, healthy, in shape, with a Tom Brady, no Chris Godwin. I mean, you got PPR up the wazoo coming from to his direction. If they hadn't have drafted Rashad White, like and I and I get it. I mean, I'm not going to say it. Rashad White's going to be the guy either, but I think by having Rashad White in the mix, and then by also having Gio Bernard still there, I believe as well, right? Yes, he's the Keyshawn Vaughn still there. Yeah, he's nothing. I'm not worried about them, but if they get two touches a game, that's yep. two less touches going to Leonard Fournette. You know, I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. You two touches here, three touches here, and two touches here. Damn it, that's seven touches. I would rather have Fournette get, and it's just going to be kind of nickel and dime now where. I think he'll still make his money is he's going to be playing a high powered offense. that's going to get a lot of opportunity to score touchdowns and inside the 10 yard line, they're going to be looking at Leonard Fournette a lot, especially first half of the season until Godwin gets back and healthy. Gronk isn't there yet, but we have to assume that he'll be there at some point. Uh, I love Leonard Fournette. It's just the drafting of Rashad white. We've seen it the last two years with Ronald Jones. The only reason Ronald Jones wasn't a thing is because he continually screwed up. What happens if Rashad White gets a chance and doesn't screw up? Do we just see a little bit more of a split? Maybe. And that's where I'm, he's close. He's fringe like top 12 for me, but it just gives me that little bit of pause for the cause because I got Rashad White in the back of my mind. That's fair. And I think, I think, you know, I think Uncle Lenny is right there, you know, in the conversation for being top 10. I think the last, I mean, I haven't updated my rankings in a week or two, but I think I've got him at like number nine at this point. And, you know, it, the opportunity is going to be there. He's going to be getting the goal line touches, you know, the passing work, even though Rashad White is a decent uh, receiving back as well. You know, Rashad White, if he can't pick up blitzes, if he can't block on third down, you know, and as rookie running backs, they struggle with that in the NFL, their first season. Um, that could be the issue there. I do. I think Leonard Fournette is, you know, an RB one top 12. Yeah. I do think he's kind of on that border though, as far as top 10 is concerned. Yeah. It's, it's so close for me. And I mean, I get the, the Rashad white thing. And I mean, maybe, 
because I had him pegged as like an Arian Foster. He runs the same. It's like a clone for God's mm-hmm. sakes. And I mean, yeah, he makes good catches and we've seen the one handers before. So, I mean, maybe he's there to assume what they wanted James White to be. I don't know. I mean, we know what Brady likes in his running backs, but if he does make a mistake, I mean, it's very short leash for Tommy boy. But it's interesting. Tampa Bay is interesting, but I mean, wait is is the is the topic in Tampa. But how about Seattle, man? They're talking up a little Kenny Walker, and I'm loving life right now. Oh yeah, Kenny Walker the third is a perfect fit for the outside zone scheme, as said by Seattle beat writers. But Penny had his press conference basically right after that, saying, "Hey, I'm in the best shape of my life." But he's, he's already been banged up, so that's and not he's already been much. banged up. So this guy's just—he's scared because a guy named Kenny Walker the third is coming for his job. Man, he's gonna take it too. Imagine that saying that you're in the best shape of your career and you're already getting banged up. Like, yeah, what does that tell you? What, what's what's? The I best only shape pulled of your my career, hamstring then? once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it only ripped once. I'm in the best shape ever. I mean, we all know that Kenneth Walker's or Kenny Walker, Ken Walker, whatever. What are we supposed to call him now? I don't. I'm still did... going with Kenneth, man. Kenneth okay, is. I, I, I go like, Kenneth. That's stuck in my head, too. Like, I always say Kenneth Walker, even though it says Ken Walker all over the place. He's going to be the future because we know it's not Chris Carson, who's more than likely probably done with football. And Rashad Penny can't stay healthy. He's in the last year of a deal. So it's going to be Kenneth Walker at some point. My only issue with Kenneth Walker is how many times are they actually playing with a lead to get any type of volume to where if there is a split, he's still getting enough to be fantasy viable. Like, that's my biggest question is because I don't know if this team, I think they're going to be competitive. They're not going to, they're not going to be like the Texans or maybe the bears, you know I mean? They're going to be better than that, but I just don't know if they're going to, they're going to constantly be like in shootouts trying to play from behind and score points. Are they going to really run the football a lot? I want them to, they have in the past, but they've also had Russell Wilson under center and not having a quarterback like that changes things. It's why we love Javante Williams even more now with Russell Wilson. And it's just stuff like that. It it plays a little bit of a difference. And if Geno Smith or Drew Locke can't move the ball down the field successfully, I'm a little bit worried about the running game. I think that it's going to be a little bit more like San Fran-esque where they're going to try to control the clock in Seattle this year. And, and they're going to try to do the tandem approach where you could see, you know, 25 to 30 touches from the running backs um, cons- or, uh, consistently, I should say. But I mean, I agree. I mean, the pass game is likely not going to be efficient whatsoever. I mean, they're going to throw interceptions, whether it be Locke or Gino. Gino's got the head start right now. And I mean, he didn't play horribly last year, but I mean, he did give the games away when they, they weren't, uh, you know, or where they were, you know, almost there. But I mean, if, if Gino's job is just to play game manager role while you're handing the ball off, then then there is a very good possibility that the, the run game is going to dictate the force in Seattle. And if that's the case, I'm I'm freaking loving life for Kenny Walker. Yeah, the one thing I love with Kenny Walker is that even though he wasn't used heavily in the passing game with Michigan State, he had the ability to do so. It just wasn't part of their game plan. And so I can see them using him more, you know, in those games where they are losing because, I mean, hell, I don't care if it's Drew Locker or Geno Smith. With either one of those guys under center, you're going to be having to play from behind. And I do think that with Kenneth Walker, he has that ability to get those little checkdowns, you know, to be in there on the field as a three down back. He just has to get the opportunity in the passing game that he wasn't given in college. So with his you know, combination of speed, strength, his balance that he has after contact is absolutely phenomenal. So Crazy. he's someone that's going to 
stay on the field, but they have to give him that opportunity. And I think that he will, given the fact that the rest of the backfield there is just banged up all the time. Then why the hell haven't they traded DK Metcalf yet? Because they still need that field stretchered and they're, stacked they're still holding out hope. They I mean, they're holding out hope, but I mean, it's like they're, they're getting to Not the good. point now where he's just going to end up walking next year and getting nothing for him. So if oh, your game down. plan is to just control the time of possession and run the football a lot, you're basically just saying, all right, we're sacrificing our last year of DK. He's going to walk. We're not going to get anything for him. It is what it is. you know. And that's just like, that's hard to swallow. That goes back to Rams spending money. I see a lot of money going out the door. <laughs> and that's hard for me just to be okay with. And if that's the case, I'm doing whatever I can to get something for DK Metcalf right now. Because if I had to guess, I would say 95% he's gone regardless because he doesn't like the way they handle the whole Bobby Wagner situation with Russell Wilson. So I, I don't know. I, mean, I get it. It makes a whole lot of sense football-wise. not arguing sure. that bit whatsoever, but it's just like, yeah. man, the personnel you have with Tyler Lockett and him, it just doesn't really, it doesn't really fit. You're wasting the assets that you already have. Yeah. It's interesting. It is very interesting, but I mean, you know when you can't breathe sometimes and, you know, it sucks. It's not good. You know who's having troubles breathing the, uh, so far in OTAs is Mr. Traylon Burks. Apparently he's been seen mm. to be panting and heavy breathing and they said he's out of shape but apparently that is not the truth he has asthma and and i'm like whoa how did this not get picked up during the combine process um because that's this is the first i've heard of it and we we yeah. dove in deep with burks's film and and all the backstory and i didn't see one iota of him having any kind of asthma problem not one doctor or medical report had this like come Nothing. up and nobody knew about it they don't have to disclose it though isn't that some like confidentiality thing what's that stuff called isn't there like a, a saying for it where you don't have to disclose medical information what the heck is it called mm. i don't no, know i don't know yeah, but it, i think it, with asthma that would be something bring out the thesaurus know, man because i forgot the there. word too. maybe it i don't be. know it's just if, if he's dealing with asthma unless he just got it which i highly doubt mm -hmm, he right. played with it in college too so sure. it's not like it you know hampered his play then I think it's no, probably just yeah. like it just happened to pop up and somebody's going to take a story and run with it right now to where it's not that that big of a deal. Take a hit of an inhaler and I'm sure he's right back out there. Maybe it's going to be some PEDs in that inhaler. Who knows, man? I mean, you never know. I mean, maybe he went to the school of Will Fuller. I, maybe. maybe. I, I hope not because Me I too. like Traylon Burks. I, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in that offense, even though I would be lying if I didn't say that I still liked Bobby trees a little bit more there, I'm a worried about Bobby trees, man. Cause I mean, when Coming off that injury, Oh man. I mean, he's aging. He's not going to come back as good. Likely, but, but he could lead him in receptions. Sure. He could. Absolutely. Yeah. The short, the short receptions for fantasy football. Absolutely. Healthy, yes. healthy Bobby trees on the field. hundred percent. I'm, I'm for it for fantasy, but uh, when is he supposed to come back? Because when did he tear that ACL? That was mid season. Was it not? I mean, he should yeah. be back by the start of the he year, should, shouldn't he? He should be back by September, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I it's understand. just one of those things where I can see Traylon Burks capping at like 50 receptions. I wouldn't be shocked if that's all he got because I can see him being getting a bigger yard per reception type guy, but I can see Bobby Trees being the guy that just soaks up a ton of targets, gets a bunch of receptions, and maybe only ends with seven, 800 yards. But he was more viable because he was racking up receptions. And that's kind of... I don't know. I, I just look at that offense and 
what they did last year when Julio Jones and A.J. Brown were on the field and they just could never really get it going. And now you have Traylon Burks as a rookie. Whether he's dealing with asthma or not doesn't really matter. I just feel like that veteran connection with Tannehill and Woods will be a little bit more viable to start the season and maybe a little bit more longstanding throughout it. Yeah, and I think as you know, as a rookie, I think 50 to 60 receptions is absolutely, you know, it's not a bad year. No, nope. you know, I mean, it's not like somebody like a, you know, a Jamar Chase or a no. Jalen Waddle that's going to get over, you know, uh, you know, over 110 targets, maybe like 90 receptions, whatever the case may be. Tennessee is not built that way. You know, nope. that's not their offense. They are a run first, even with Derrick Henry coming back from this injury, they may limit his workload a little bit early on in the season, but Tannehill's not throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game. And not if they want to win. Well, that's it. And Tannehill's driving me crazy, man. It's you get wide receiver options. I mean, what did AJ Brown do? Grown ass man. What did he do? His rookie year it was what? 64 for a thousand. I mean, that could be in the realm of possibilities for a Traylon Burks. If Bobby trees does start the year week one, week two, I could definitely see Burks, you know, breaking out around that week five, week six mark where he's starting to be fed, you know, deep down the field, them doing those quick shovel passes forward where they count as passing yards. I mean, we can definitely see that work in uh, Burks's benefit, but just Damn, AJ just Brown, say averaged, asthma. AJ Brown averaged over 20 yards per reception his rookie year. Right. That's right. not normal. <laughs> it's not normal. No, because he was no. straight up deep shot guy. And that's yeah, he was first... the big play guy deep and he was just making things happen. I think he's a little bit more of an outlier. I think you look at somebody maybe like last year, like Devonte Smith, someone who's kind of that lower reception guy. What do you have? 64 for nine sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of where I see Traylon Burks, you know, at least in his rookie year. Yeah. Throw, throw in like three or four touchdowns. And yep. I think that's, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yep. Yep. season. Yeah, it's because thanks a lot, Ryan Tannehill, for supporting all these weapons. We really appreciate it. But I mean, Jerry Judy, he goes from, you know, Judy domestic chap. a Judy chap. He goes from domestic violence, uh, potential charge to being dropped to now tweaking his groin. Um, <laughs> poor guy. He just can't get, a, get out of his own fucking way right now. And I mean, Judy, I've been supportive of you ever since you came out of college. And now you're, you're dropping passes, you know, early on in your career. Now you're starting to get injured and you're doing dumb shit on the off, uh, off field. So I'm starting to, you know, say I'm going to Judy chop your ass off of my freaking rankings because you're really, really bugging me right now. I, I don't think I'm worried yet. Like, I know I don't in drafts, like it. I don't like I, I don't it. Like it. I don't like it because, like, literally in drafts, him and Cortland Sutton are, like, super close to each other. I'm like, well, if I'm yeah. going to take one as of right now, I'm just going to go right. with Cortland Sutton That's and right. not have to worry about it. But I also know it's still only June, and he's got plenty of time to heal a groin injury. I understand, <laughs> but it's not good, man. I it's don't not. like seeing these stories come early. You guys should already be in primetime shape, especially a young buck who is on the level to prove something with a Russ. Fuck Judy. <laughs> He's getting so emotional you're, you're over there. Shit, Just, Just, it's it's the first week of June. You're getting, a little work, you're getting a little worked up. Woosa. We just, we just I, made excuses for <laughs> fat Lenny. And here you are talking about Jerry <laughs> Judy needing to be in shape. Shit, man. <laughs> Leonard's a vet, like, man. Judy's still like a rookie. He's got to get his shit together. Fair. I do think that I, I think they're going a little bit high right now. I mean, I think that it's going to be tough for uh Russell Wilson to support both of these guys to be, you know, top 20 fantasy wide receivers. I think top 30, top 32 is probably a little bit more realistic. So I think they're going a little bit high right now where they're currently being drafted, you know, as 
top 24 receivers at this moment. But if, yeah, if I had to pick one between Judy and Sutton, I'm going, I'm going with Sutton. Like, I think he's the safer pick. He's also the guy that I have the most shares of in dynasty teams. So I'm just using personal reasons for this also, but yeah, Shelf, I mean, selfish. It's selfish the first reasoning. week. It's the first week of June. I I'm don't not, care. I'm not worried about Jerry Judy's groin at this. You point. shouldn't be worried about his groin, regardless of the time <laughs> of year. I'm just saying, but especially Never. not in June. But I look at it this way: How about we just pass on both of them and draft Allen Robinson, who's going after them? Like, and I love it. I think that's the plan we're. Or going with. I'd even have Rashad or Gabe Bateman. Davis. Or Gabe Davis. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. I mean, what about what about Juju? I'll take a Juju over Sutton or Judy. I take. I take Sutton over. over I might take I, Sutton. I might I take, Sutton, take but, Sutton too. Yeah, but Juju's Juju's gonna fly up there in PPR upside. What about know. what about a guy another couple notches down the list? Probably one of the most disrespected wide receivers maybe ever. Brandon Cooks. Mm, I take Brandon Cooks. Dude, why does everybody hate Brandon Cooks? I don't I, know. I'm gonna. I need to include myself in this because for some reason I always forget about Brandon Cooks. So I'm all of a sudden it's like drafted. I'm like, oh shit. Brandon yeah. Cooks totally forgot about him. Eleven hundred yards and yeah. seven Did, touchdowns. Thank yeah. you, sir. Every but single he's year, like wide receiver thirty in every yeah. draft, and I don't understand why. I get that the the fact he's in Houston just does not help anything. But sure, who else is really going to be taking a whole lot from him this year? Are we talking about John Mechie already or Nico Collins? No, it's still going to be a whole lot of Brandon Cooks. I I am so glad you said that because Brandon Cooks very well could finish as a top 12 fantasy. It wouldn't surprise receiver. me one bit. No, I at think, all. I think, I think top 15 is, is a little bit more, I guess the medium as far as the more realistic way. But if he finished top 12, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> and where's his ADP? <laughs> Freaking what dude, his Seventh ADP round? is sixth round, sixth round as dude, wide his, receiver his eight, 30. Exactly. His ADP is, is somewhere in like some Twitter fantasy football dudes, mom's basement. <laughs> like seriously and that's flex play all day long if i if i put brandon cooks in my flex i'm i'm not i'm setting it and i'm forgetting it for like the entire season and and he's just going to continuously rock me up the points six he's of the like last seven seasons chickens. he's had at least a thousand yards receiving <laughs> see exactly exactly in the and, last two in houston that's right and he just keeps getting traded and looked over like what did this man do in his life and i don't Davis know like, Mills is his quarterback well that's that's part of it i get it but, but he still, still produced. So I'm saying, like, he still produced with Davis Mills. That was the, that's right. The, and the as Davis thing. Mills as a rookie, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, sure, he benefited the beginning part of his career by playing with you know Drew Brees, and then with sure. Tom Brady, yep. and then he went to Jared Goff, but still put still, up some still produced. <laughs> and then he's so he's kind of like just quarterback proof. And honestly, I was just I gonna say he absolutely is. I don't hate Davis Mills. I mean, he's not elite by any means, but. Heck, he looked his way 134 times last year. Why not do it again? And you get him for a super cheap price. And what was Davis Mills completion percentage? Like 66% last year. So, I mean, hell, I'll fucking take those odds every year. Yeah, day. I'll take I, it. I will say with uh, with Davis Mills, there have been uh, a buddy of mine who covers the, the Texans, has watched him in camp so far, says that his confidence level is way down from last year. So there's some concern throughout the Texans organization about Davis Mills. But, I mean, hell maybe Fitzpatrick wants to come out of retirement, come play for Houston again. And then let's see Brandon cooks just absolutely go off. Like why would his confidence go down? Cause his neck grew another inch. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. You know, what it, you know what it is? He's, he's working out the neck like Mike Lennon. That's what it Dude, is. They want to have I like, wasn't ready for that. I, like choked on my spit. <laughs> like that is, but no, 
but they're saying they're saying that like his his the accuracy, just the touch on the ball is not there. He almost looks it's almost like he's he's shook like when he's out there on the practice field, which is interesting. Which Believe is crazy because last hype. year he had the Deshaun Watson news always over his head and he played pretty good. He played super well. Now you don't even so maybe, have a distraction. What are you what are you worried about? Davis, maybe your, he needs crap together. Maybe he needs that distraction. You know, maybe he needs that competition. Who knows? He can't buy his own hype, man, because all those, you know, images of his long neck giraffe. I mean, shit. <laughs> Sorry, what is Davis. Like for, for, for every like on this tweet, I make his neck an inch longer or whatever yeah, it was. Exactly. Remember, yes. It, was like it went, to, yeah. went to space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you poor bastard. But here we go again. Curtis Samuel getting high praise in the offseason. I'm getting tired of this one, man. But I mean, he says, I can play anywhere on this field. And yeah, you can because you're never fucking on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not buying this hype whatsoever. I mean, I think the greater uh, storyline should be uh, Gandy Golden actually moving to tight end and making one-handed catches, man. I, I think that's some gorgeous shit. I, I don't care. I'm sorry. And, and, <laughs> Antonio Gandy Golden to tight end? Thank you. I I don't care about that either. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, Dude, fine. It's Terry, it's Dotson, and that's, that's it. it. That's, that's all right. I really care about in Washington. Like, and I, it's gonna it's gonna be Terry 2.0 and together, like him and Dotson are the same player. It's clone yeah, like. I, I and like. Then if, and then if Logan Thomas can actually stay healthy, then yeah, yep. you got yourself a three headed monster. Yeah, and Curtis Samuel pass like just not, not interested. I mean, yeah, it all it sounded good a couple years ago, and it sounds good every year, and then every year he's unavailable ninety percent of the season. It feels like yeah. so it's just not. Cool, cool story, bro. But we'll wait to see you actually on the field. I supported I him early, but that was it for me. I haven't cared about him since, like, I mean, before he, right before he left Carolina. Yeah, exactly. You know, that was about it. When he yeah. signed with Washington, I'm like, okay, going with Ron Rivera back there, somebody he's familiar with. He can utilize him in the backfield and in the slot. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. nothing. And then he just never saw the field. No, <sighs> never. Doesn't look good. Man. But I am excited for Jahan Dotson. Oh, I am. God. I'm, I'm so Love me, Jahan Dotson. He's so good. Yeah. So good. Washington, you got some, I mean, Brian Robinson, a little freaking Gibby. It's it's a I don't care how good or bad Carson Wentz is. Seven interceptions, four out of six years, man. So get the hell out of here. Wentz can throw the ball, and this offense is going to be much improved. I think I think Antonio Gibson's a pretty, you know, polarizing name because it seems like everybody either loves him completely still or they, they just hate him. Mm. And I don't. I feel like I'm more on the hate side than the love side, but it's not like he's not going to be any good. I'm just with more Brian worried. Robinson. It's a problem. That's the problem. And then you still have JD McKissick problem. as well. So yeah. it's just like, that's the part that just kind of like, eh, do I think he has a solid year? I think, I think he still flirts with a thousand total yards, but I'm just not going to want to be on that roller coaster every week. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love Antonio Gibson. I don't love how Washington utilizes their running backs and mm -hmm. the fact that they keep, you know, re-signing McKissick, drafting a Ryan Robinson. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm more worried about Robinson than I am McKissick. Me too. So mm -hmm. that's and I and I love Gibson, but he's just not going to get the workload that fantasy owners want. Gibson's going to need to break off 20 yard runs consistently yep. in order to be viable. So do they think that's what he's going to be? Is is what Ron Rivera is smoking that he thinks he's this super electric playmaker that's going to bust off 25 yard touchdown runs? You know, every second week because so it was Saquon and how's that working out? Oh, you wait, man. Get you fucking don't talk some bad about Saquon. <laughs> don't make me mad. It's only June, man. I, d I there's don't. A, Blood pressure's rising. <laughs> th there's a stat um, that uh, 
I, I saw on Twitter. Um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give him credit because I like him because he puts out good content. But Matthew Friedman uh, put out a stat: Nick Saban's Alabama running backs that were drafted with a top 100 pick. Mm. There are about eight to ten names here. Every guy on that list had at least one season in the NFL with a thousand plus rushing yards. Brian Robinson could be that next player. I'm not saying it's this season, but it's mm-hmm. a, it's a trend that Brian Robinson is very well going to be following at some point in his career. Robinson's a good running back, man. And I mean, underrated skill set. He's got those light feet for a big man. He can catch the ball and he's a bulldozer on that goal line. So, I mean, when you're looking at a a player where you want to have a a dynamic flip, because I mean, Gibson, did he have the goal line power? Sure. At times. Yeah. Was it consistent? I mean, you could argue it, right? And then McKissick, you know, isn't running up the, up the middle. So you get a bulldozer, like a Brian Robinson scoring you touchdowns when you need it, you know, he's going to be the touchdown vulture. He's going to be this year's Gus Edwards for God's sakes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you, when you look at Robinson, he's got, he's got good speed. He doesn't really have that breakaway, you know, explosiveness that you'd like to see. Um, but he has really good bursts. He has enough, you know, agility to kind of move from side to side and the guy can catch the ball out of the backfield. So they have three viable pass catching running backs in that offense. Um, but he's definitely more of that power back that you want at the goal line where he could be vulturing some touchdowns. That's a big concern too. Kind of like a James Conner role that we saw before Chase Edmonds got injured. I'm just not excited about it. Okay. I'm back to I'm back to Dotson and McLaurin, and that's it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Let's 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 move on because he's not excited. I mean, are we excited about the Ravens this year? Because Rumor has it they're going to be going back to their uh, 2019 ways and going super run heavy where they had like, uh, what, 678 rush attempts that year. And I mean, no more Hollywood. Hollywood is gone. And I mean, now you're going to get hopefully I mean, we saw J.K. Dobbins just completely destroy his trainer on the bag. Did you guys see that clip? Yep. I mean, oh, he, no, he looks healthy. Dude, go, go look it up, man. He destroyed that trainer. Now, I I do. It. I need more than that, Chouse. Like, I got to see more. I know. I get but it. that I was enough it. to make me be like, all right. Like, that's the first I, I, I've seen. Yeah, you're back on my radar. I, yeah, I, I, see, go, I see you again. I, I, I had J.K. Dobbins as a must-have guy last year before he got hurt. Right. I love some J.K. Dobbins, and I especially love it now since Gus Edwards still not 100%. If J.K. Dobbins is 100%, he may be – he may be a league winning draft pick for you mm. because right now JK Dobbins is currently running back 20. Yes. If he's a hundred percent in that offense, dude's going to finish top 10 and, and it, it may even go higher. Like I, he can catch the ball. He can run between the tackles. He's good on the goal. He can do anything. And if he is healthy, I'm just hoping I'm, I'm hope I will take JK Dobbins in the fourth to fifth round, every single draft that I possibly can, as long as I, I think he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, when, so Chas, you were talking about, you know, going back to the 2019 Ravens. So I, was, I had to look up exactly like how the breakdown looked. Uh, Mark Ingram had over 200 carries. Right. Lamar Jackson had 176 and then Gus Edwards with 133. You know, yeah, it was, it was, it was what, like 670 or what, what was the number? Uh, the total number was 596 rushing there attempts. You, and that's insane. That's but the crazy. fact that it was almost 600 rushing attempts and the majority of it, like 80% of it was between three players. Yeah. Right. So, you know, yes, the Ravens have a plethora of running backs, you know, behind J.K. Dobbins. Lamar Jackson is still going to be going. But with that being said, with Lamar Jackson, him coming off that ankle injury, 
you know, maybe there aren't as many designed runs for him, you know, especially with J.K. Dobbins coming back. They have plenty of depth now at the position. You know, and a point that Jake brought up, you know, in and I believe in, in multiple shows and videos is that with these mobile quarterbacks, you know, as they start getting older, you know, Lamar Jackson is now going to be what 25 years old, maybe, you know, the fact that if he keeps up this pace, those injuries could start piling up where he is your franchise quarterback. You're going to want to see that workload kind of lessen a little bit and really continue to progress as a passing quarterback, which we did see from him last year. If JK Dobbins can come back, It'll take him some time, I think, to get back into the swing of things. We saw it with Saquon Barkley when he came back from his ACL. It took him a few games before, you know, to kind of knock the rust off a little bit. But if J.K. Dobbins can do that, and if you can get him, you know, as the RB20, RB21, where he's being drafted, you've got yourself potentially the steal of the draft. Yeah, that's enough. I'm, I'm excited right now. We're just talking about it. So am I. I do we I, care like, about Mike Davis? Do we care? Hell no. We saw what he did in, or what he didn't do in Atlanta. So no. hell no. <laughs> I'll pull a little Smokey from Friday. Hell, hell no. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I care either. Like I, I don't. don't it doesn't enter my mind too much. I hate that. That's just one other person that they added that I really wish they wouldn't have. But I saw at times last year, Devonte Freeman would produce in this offense. <laughs> And if Devontae Freeman can produce in this offense, I could produce in this offense. <laughs> I mean, it makes me think that if <laughs> Gus Edwards isn't healthy, that Mike Davis is somebody we should pay attention to. Fair enough. And it just depends that I don't know enough about Gus. But if Gus isn't good to go, Mike, talk about all these carries. Mike Davis could be in line for 180 touches and nobody's even thinking about it. I know. It's, I think it's, I'd be more worried about Justice Hill than than Mike Davis at this point. Didn't they draft another running back? Correct me if I'm wrong. Tyler Batty. Tyler Beatty. Yes. Whatever. Indeed. I like to call him. A, he's a baddie. baddie. He's a he's bad a baddie. man. <laughs> you're, you're a baddie. You're a bad man. And I mean, but he's like that a Justice Hill. Weird. I know. That's, that's weird. <laughs> it's, it's very weird. He's, he's are like dripping. A, that's why. <laughs> dripping and baddie. I mean, Beatty, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, he's another Justice Hill. So. I don't know, man. I mean, you know how the Ravens love their tight ends and the running backs. So, I mean, this is going to be very interesting. I'm excited for JK too, but I mean, we shall see. But hey, man, do you guys want to play a game? Because let's let's pull back a game that yep. was critically acclaimed and it was loved by right. all. It's called, are you in or pulling out? And yes, that's done on purpose because this is are a great we, game that we have. Are we talking about couches or <laughs> your love for your couch, man? You know, you shouldn't have gotten rid of that one because it's good. Well, let's go, man. Are you in or pulling out on Mr. Aaron Jones this season? What's your what do you say, fellas? I'm so far in. In. I'm I'm so far in. Like <laughs> I can't be in anymore. <laughs> this is so weird. No, I mean, I don't know. I, I love Aaron Jones, but I don't want him to be my number one. And right now his ADP is like fringe end of first round. And I would prefer to get him in the second round as my number two guy. But we've seen what Aaron Jones does in this offense without Devontae Adams. He's averaging like 23 fantasy points per game without him. I think that we see similar, but I also think we see a lot more A.J. Dillon this year as well. I still love the efficiency of Aaron Jones. And if I can get him in the second, I am so far in. In. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron, Aaron oh, Jones, yeah, Aaron Jones is is a guy I would want as my RB two. Yep, and like if he's there, you know, early third round. Yep, I'm in. Based on PPR potential upside, because of how 
this offense now has to morph because of no Devonte. I'm definitely in. Yes. Are you in or pulling out on Saquon Barkley? You knew I had to all freaking in like yes. balls deep in. Yes. Yeah. This is getting dirty. <laughs> I pulled out already, so I don't know. What's, I don't know what's going on. I've already pulled out. Pulled I don't think out. I ever put it in to pull it out, but I'm 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 out. I, oh, you know, shit. burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. Burn me three times. I don't know. I don't know. What the I get a vasectomy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Are you kidding me? He can burn me more than gonorrhea. Let's go, Saquon. <laughs> wow. I. Okay. Um, no, I can't. I just, oh, I just shit. can't. I'm not. I was doing something earlier in the week. Maybe I was like mock drafting something for a video. And it's like literally the year that you could end up. This is totally off topic. My bad. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott can be your one, two, and three. You either <laughs> win so or lose on draft day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, you're either one no in between. Over, yeah, or no you will not win a game. <laughs> you're going to win by 800 points, or you're just going to finish in dead last. <laughs> dead last. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, no in between there. But holy Christ, Ben. Two players in, and we're already off the rails. Uncle Lenny, are you pulling it? Or pulling whoa, it? Are you staying whoa, in whoa. or pulling out? <laughs> shit, I'm messing my own shit up. I'm still in on Uncle Lenny. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm in on Lenny as my RB two. Certainly. Yes. I'm Agreed. still in. I'm still in on Uncle Lenny. I like me some yep. Lenny. Drop those pounds and get better in the. Would heat you be in on Lenny at the twelfth pick of the first round? No, I would not. Okay. No, I'm, I'd be I'm hesitant past. there. Yeah, I'm past. Well, see here, you should have said yes. You know why? It was a trick question, Chouse. Because okay. if you're picking twelve. You're picking we'll 13 too, and then he's That's your number right. two. So That's <laughs> see shit, man. Dude, this is this it's, is why. You know, I drink too much and you got me confused. <laughs> Charles is like, well, what if I'm in a 14 team league? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. I, play, I only play in 16 teamers. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm not touching him there. That's no good. <laughs> James Cook, man. Are you in or pulling out on this rookie this season? Just this year? Just this season. I, I love Devin Singletary still. Like, I hate that he's not going to get... Dude, Devin Singletary did not play bad last year. No, he did not. He was not bad last year when given an opportunity, and that's where I have my little bit of pause. Just James Cook alone, I'm in. I love the talent of James Cook. His fantasy football upside this year, I think I still believe a little bit too much in Devin Singletary, and I'd have to be out. Yeah, I like, I like James Cook uh, as a player. Like but I'm not. I'm not taking him in the single digit rounds. If he drops like no. the 11th or 12th, absolutely. But right now, where he's going towards the end of the ninth, I've got no I mean, it's a I little high for me. I mean, at this point, it's like, who do you want, Singletary or Cook? Because they're both Cook. being drafted around the same area. Cook. I would rather have Cook, but I'd also would rather have neither of them at You're that silly. point. You're silly, yeah. and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come over there and slap the the taste out your mouth because I've been telling y'all it's Alvin Kamara light. I'm telling y'all. And you wait and see, man. You got holy shit! But, rookie, look at, but his rookie, but his rookie it does season. not matter, man. It Why do you hate about redraft? We're talking. I don't about hate Singletary. Do you know what? Do you know what I hate about Singletary? I'll tell you what I, I did. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna caveat that. What I dislike of <laughs> I'm getting all hot and bothered. It's warm in here. Singletary are things, is good. are things dripping? It's not dripping anymore. Things have dried up <laughs> because we're talking about Singletary, man. Things don't happen with this guy. But it's okay. He got seven touchdowns was what? 130 away from a thousand yards. But what happens with Devin Singletary? He's a volume guy. And if he doesn't get the volume because Josh Allen runs the ball, he messes with his mojo and then it just falls off the cliff. He drops too many passes. Hence why they looked for another running back. Because if, if Singletary was 
good enough to be consistent in catching balls, you know, then he wouldn't have had a, or the bills wouldn't have had a, a, a situation where they were looking to upgrade. So for me, what this bills, what have I been preaching the whole time? I wanted Travis Etienne in Buffalo simply because of the breakaway speed. It's what the bills don't have. James cook gives this to you now. So it's, it's outside runs. He can run in between the tackles and in the past game, make one man miss and he's off to the races. I think you're just going to see, it may not be volume based, but it's going to be high efficiency based for a James Cook. I believe this year I am all in and I love it. Will James Cook be a top 30 fantasy running back his rookie season? I say yes. Okay. I say no. That's why I'm out. I'm going <laughs> to slap the taste out your mouth. I say he's fringe there, but I'm playing both sides. Okay. You bastards. <laughs> Marlon Mack, are you in or pulling out? Oh, get me far away from that man. Yeah. As far away as you can. Yeah, I'm it, I'm nowhere near in. I'm so yeah, far out. Yeah, I'm I'm soft actually. Is what, what I wouldn't touch him with your dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this game is too good. Tyreek Hill, man, you staying in or pulling out? I'm still in. I'm still in with Tyreek. I don't care about the quarterback situation. I think he's going to get the targets. He's going to be able to make plays happen. I'm I'm in on Tyreek. I'm still in. But I probably won't own a whole lot of him because he's still so high there in the second round that depending on how the draft falls, I'm probably still going to be looking elsewhere. I think that there's other guys in similar areas, maybe even around later that I would rather have instead of risking it with Tyreek Hill. But I still think that he goes out there and has an easy thousand yard season. May just maybe we may not see the big plays that we are, we're used to seeing in Kansas City, but I think we see more receptions that he turns into big plays. Yeah, I, I, I think a, that, a, that's where it is. Can I, can I ask a question then? All right, for you guys, because they're all fairly similar in ADP, would you rather have Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, or A.J. Brown? Mike Evans. Mm, I might go Tyreek. I think I've got – I mean, Evans is right there, but I think Tyreek probably I'd have to give – I'd have to give the edge there too, yeah. I just think Evans just one. sees so much with Chris Godwin starting slow. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, oh, he, and, he absolutely would get up to the fast And technically, there. Gronk isn't there yet. Right. Which Even, with, even reports, with Gronk there. I do, yeah. I do think Gronk signs at some point between mm-hmm. now and the start of the season. But yeah, I, I, I agree. AJ Brown, grown-ass man. Staying in or pulling out? He already know where I stand on him. <laughs> You're going to be forever in. <laughs> uh, I'm out. Mm. I look at it this way. You have a low-volume passing offense with a quarterback who's not really known for being overly accurate and efficient, and it's not like A.J. Brown is there by himself. You still have Devontae Smith and Dallas Godair, along with like 16 running backs to utilize in the pass-catching game. I don't think it's bad. Like I don't think he's going to go out there and, and just totally suck, but I don't think he's going to have the opportunities that maybe he's seen in the past. That big, deep threat that we, he, we just talked about with him in Tennessee, especially his rookie year, like that's all they used Devontae Smith for last year was deep balls. Like that's what he did. So what's going to happen now? If there's only so many deep targets to go around, are they going to split them? And then it kind of just like washes each other out because that's kind of where I see things going there uh, in, in Philadelphia. I, I think with like- A.J. Brown, he, he's such a big body receiver. You know, like he's a different type of player than than Devonte smith so i think aj brown you can move him around a little bit more where he is more of that physical kind of a player and i don't think it's that much of a drop off from say ryan and Tannehill to a jalen hurts so i do think Whoa. where philly they're not going to be able to put up as many points say as, as tennessee probably will 
But I think with AJ Brown, he's still going to give you, you know, top 12, you know, that low end wide receiver one kind of production. For where he's being sitting or where he's sitting is what? 10th wide receiver. He's hovering in the range I do not like, man. Yeah, it's I, high. It's high. It is high. And and maybe yeah, it is. when we see a, a Devonta Smith, maybe they morph him back to like Alabama days where he is more of the guy playing in the slot, playing on the line, and A.J. Brown goes back to being the deep guy. But, I, man, it's it's close. I'm not even going to answer this one. I'm, I'm in and <laughs> out. I'm in and out because, you know, that's the safety of it. No all. team threw less than the Eagles last year. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's gonna be difficult, man, for sure. Brandon Cooks, man, we still. No, I think we're all in, right? We're all in. We already we're all in at the same time. We're two thumbs up, baby. Two thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> we're crossing the streams here. Yeah, we're totally crossing holy, streams on this one. Holy, that I did not expect that one. Oh my God. <laughs> Adam Thielen, are we in or out on this man? Oh, we're in on. I'm, I'm absolutely in on Thielen. I'm 100 percent in because of where he's going in drafts. Like, I don't think yes. he's the same Adam Thielen he used to be. But he is so ridiculously cheap. He's down at wide receiver 38. Stupid. Dude, that's I'm so stupid. far in on that. Me too, man. I think I broke something then. I'm so in. Chase Claypool, we're in or we're out. I'm, I'm out. I'm in. I'm in for where he's going. Okay, I well, think that, in I his current ADP, if he could be my wide receiver three, I'm I'm cool with that. Hell in the tenth round, he could be your number four. Fair, I fair. don't mind. I just don't want to have to rely on the guy at all. Like I'm no, I, I hear you there. I, I can see the, the season starting off with Mitchie biscuits. And at some point they're going to turn to Kenny Pickett and then they could have different favorites. You still have Deontay Johnson there in the mix. Uh, I just, I don't, I, I like, I actually like Pat Fryer Muth the most mm. in this offense, you know, as, as far as the love passing offense the goes. Yeah. The I love moves. him. I love him this year. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Last one is an interesting one is Sammy Watkins, my former boy. Are we in or are we out? Sorry, never heard of her. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, Damn, Sammy. He doesn't like you. Damn. I, I'm i probably going to say out because I'm more in on Alan Lazard. Oh, interesting. And I'm not that I'm overly high on Alan Lazard either. But I just think if I had to choose, I'm still going to go Lazard over Sammy. So I can't be in Sammy if I like Lazard more. Yeah, and I just... <laughs> Dude, you I never really, should have invited me to play this game. I am you know, not mature enough. I this. told you I, it's critically acclaimed. I just got very confused and disturbed all at the same time. <laughs> but I just can't trust Sammy because, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's how many know. games are you going to get out of him? You know, five, five. Can I add a player? Yeah. What about Kadarius Tony? Oh, I'm out. I'm out. Okay, good. Because yep. I want to be. I want to be. I want to be in, too. But I, I just can't trust this man right now. I, I yeah. don't either. I But I. I think that he's one of those guys that he's right now wide receiver 53 and he's either going to finish as like wide receiver 45 or he's going to finish like wide receiver 18. Like he has like, like the, the span of this guy is so huge that if he's on the field, I think that he's an absolute game changer, but I am just not sold that he's going to remain on the field. Would you guys rather have Claypool, Tony or Tyler Boyd? Boyd's the cheapest only, one of all of them, isn't he? If you could only draft one, because they're all going, like, in the, they're all going in the tenth round. Would you just say Boyd, Claypool, Tony, and Claypool? Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I'll probably go Tony there because you're going for electric playmaker, and I'll always take a playmaker over potential steadiness. Um, 
But yeah, I, I wouldn't like it. I'll wait another round and take Devontae Parker. There you go. Is that an option? Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait two yes. more rounds and go Jarvis Landry. <laughs> there you go, too. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Or if 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 you're our boy Mac, you wait until the you know the twelfth round, you get George Pickens. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't. I probably surpass all three of those individuals at that point. So, yeah. Yep, fair enough. Wide receiver that round. There you go, man. That is the games. That is you know being dirty and canceled on iTunes and Spotify. But hey, can we get reported for this? No, we're explicit. Okay. We're fine. Okay. Good. Yeah. Because if I mean if we're gonna report it, this is gonna be the show that would get reported. So <laughs> <laughs> we keep it clean, man. Just like everyone else should. But nevertheless, let's That's get right. the hell out of here, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. To all listeners, thank you for all the support. And we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out. <laughs>